Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Kayla Mason. And my name is Todd Hicksonball. And we have a great episode for you today. I didn't say AKA the Todd Father because I forgot because I'm off my ADHD medication and it's really bad. Anyways, today we're talking with Stephen Brewster. My gosh, am I excited for this guy. It is going to be so awesome. However, before we get into that, we want to remind you that about a couple of things. One, um, actually, the day that this episode releases, we are in Lancaster. 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 Almost got it. Lancaster. You got it that time. Pennsylvania. Boom. For Orange Tour. Yes. And so if you were listening to this podcast on your way there, come say hi to us. Hit us up. Yep. Come say hi to us. We're trying right now to get Nick Blevins to buy me coffee. And if you're wondering, how do you do that? Hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram. uh, All the places. All of the places. And we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun, fun day. I'm probably right now trying to get close to John Acuff in a non-creepy way. It's impossible for you to do anything in a non-creepy way. Yeah, that's probably true. So, come say hi to us. Uh, We'll have an episode at a later date. Where are we going to be at the end of this week? We're going to be at the Together Conference back in Akron, Ohio, uh, which we are super excited about. We're going to be talking about um, racial reconciliation and um, all that kind of stuff. A whole bunch of good stuff. Hey, we went to this conference last year. We did a couple of episodes on it. Um, So, the people who who kind of put this on is, is a church called Citizens Akron. And um, they are a church led by pastors Zach Cole and also James Talbert and our favorite. Just kidding, James and Zach, but for real, our favorite, Skylar Robeson. And they did this conference last year and it was phenomenal. Um, We were there and they're actually re-releasing all of the talks from last year. So if you're still on the fence about you know, wanting to attend that conference. Check them out. I would encourage you and check that out. They have a podcast that they've been releasing all those on. Great stuff, great conversations, and great conversation starters, particularly if you're not a person who on a regular basis is affected by things such as racial ethnicity and all sorts of different things. This is a phenomenal place to come. And by the way, I realized this week that I use the word phenomenal a lot, but it's a really great place for you to come and be able to learn where are we going to be next week, Caleb? Then we're going to be at Catalyst Atlanta the following week. Shout out Catalyst. Which their theme is fully alive, and we're super excited about that. So, like we said, if you're going to be at any of those places, hit us up. Let us know. We would love to say hi to you. Love to talk about some of the stuff that you're currently learning about. And be well. on the lookout because we're going to have some episodes coming out about these places. We are. So that's one more reason to subscribe. Also, leave us a rating and write a review of the podcast. It's the best way to show your appreciation and to help us to continue to expand these conversations as well. Now, I'm so excited. I had to get it out. As we mentioned earlier, today on the podcast, we're talking with our friend, Stephen Brewster. Brewster is a guy that we met last year, 
and he and so it would have been summer of 2017 and and you know he so creative so inspirational has a great understanding of leadership and not only leadership but coaching people who lead in creative spaces and it's always a great time being able to hang out and spend some time with him talking um what was funny about this interview is when we did it we were both super tired and and so brewster we had a, just we just had a great time with him um and, and he drops some, I think, some, some, some gold. We talked through a couple books that he suggests. You guys are going to like it. So, without further wait. Here. Further ado, not further wait. Here is our conversation with Stephen Brewster. Well, Brewster, we're so excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast. I get to be a second-time guest. That's amazing. You do. We've made it. Well, I don't know if it's we've made it this long or if it's a, if it's a you're still awesome thing. I think it's, I think it's, it probably, it's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely think it's the former, not the latter. Definitely the former. <laughs> or you're just really, really desperate for guests, and you're like, we'll get that guy again. He, he at least showed up for the interview. So. <laughs> There you go, um, or that's all the that yeah. That's all Caleb could get booked that week. That that's that might be what it is. <laughs> Caleb, oh, Caleb's that's been laughing. Hilarious. So Caleb's been laughing all day. We've been recording all day. Caleb's just, so listeners. Caleb's it's, just been laughing. It's just all been day. that kind of day. <laughs> uh, well, hey, catch us up a little bit, Amon, about what's been happening with happening with you. You know, it's been a little over a year since you've been on the podcast. Yeah. So when I was on the first time, was I in Florida or North Carolina? You were in North Carolina. Yeah, you just moved to North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Just moved to North Carolina. Okay. So um, I'm, I came back home. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I'm loving life and getting to do some really awesome, fun stuff and so excited about it. Um, um, life is good, man. I, I'm helping churches all across the country get better at what they do. So um, churches and organizations, actually, not just churches. I'm working with some, some nonprofits and some, um, some brands, but then also like loving working with local churches and helping local churches do their thing. So Are you super fun. Yeah. Freedom House, a good time and it was a good experience and uh, the time came to move on. And so we're back home. Uh, so are you getting back in the saddle of actually being able to do a lot of hands-on graphic stuff, um, or are you moving back into the more of the consulting guy role? <clears throat> are you getting to create Let's a lot? Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm getting to create, but not just for myself, which is fun. Let's be honest, okay? If I'm designing for your church, your church is in trouble. Like, big, <laughs> big trouble. Okay. Um, where, where I think I can help churches and where, where we've identified that, that, that what we do is helping churches is, um, we are, we are bring, helping bring strategy, uh, bring values. One of my favorite exercises that I've done, I've done this a couple times now, uh, in the last month, but going into a church and helping them define the values that, that they may or may not know already exist in their organization. And when I say values, a lot of churches confuse beliefs with values. So we have our core beliefs. Well, those are more theological and moral, probably. 
But then we have to have staff values. And our staff values are our rules of engagement for everyone from our first-time guest, our first-time volunteer, to our senior pastor. It's how we're all going to move and work and communicate and the things that we're going to believe and be about. And it's so magical for me to walk into a church. I just was with a church in, in Florida that um, it's a church plant. And I helped them define their values. And then all weekend long, I got all these crazy text messages from their team about how like they were able to take the values that we codified and identified and defined. And they, they saw them living out in their volunteers' lives on a weekend. And they were able to like point things back to their values. And it was just beautiful. And that's the stuff that fires me up, man. I love doing that. So that's where I get to use my creative energy now. I go into a team, I spend a day with them, I help them figure out their values, and then from there, we were able to either like just help them instill those and we move on to the next church, or we lock into a longer uh, relationship with them and do some other work as far that, that helps them strategically, um, systems, process, how to, to establish their church in a position that's ready to grow and chase the vision God's given them. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're more in the content creation in terms of uh, on your side. I see you doing blogs. I see you doing video stuff. And then in terms of what you're doing, what what else you're doing? You're 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 consulting. You're doing all that stuff, which is which is super super awesome. What what's the difference? So now that you're you're kind of working outside of traditional, you know, in yeah. church ministry, what's the biggest difference between the two? Uh, great question. Well, so. I think to answer that question right, I got to tell you how I got there, if that's okay. Sure. And there was a day that I was sitting at my desk, and I um, I was sitting there, and I was like, man, I'm stealing this chair from some 29, 31-year-old guy who needs to be leading on this level right now. And if I'm sitting in this chair, he can't sit here, and that's not fair. I need to turn this over to somebody else and let them run with it. And um, and literally on that day, I was like, it's time to go. And my wife and I have talked forever about figuring out how to like take a season of our life. And I don't know if this will be a forever season. It, it could be whatever God wants, but taking a season of our life and just pouring into the global church. And, um, and this, this, we were like, this is our moment to take that chance and we'll take that chance and see what happens. And, you know, let's just go give it a run. And so we did. And, um, so that realization propelled me to the place where now I get to go in and help younger leaders, less experienced leaders, or, or leaders who just haven't had the visibility to larger organizations, figure out some of the, the, the recipes to get from where they are today to where God's called them to be. And that's a lot of fun for me, man. That's, that's, it's it. People are my creativity now, as opposed to products. I love I love how I love that expression of saying it like that too. Because what's interesting about that is it's kind of um it's kind of like LeBron James. I'm calling I'm comparing you to LeBron James right now. That's not fair <laughs> for LeBron. So, just so you know, but it's kind of like how LeBron's moved into this mogul stage, and I'll compare it to you in this way. It's like you know LeBron and you. You've both kind of gotten to this point where you've done a whole bunch in the local church, and now it's time to kind of share and do stuff like you said for the global church, and be able to help churches that might not have the bandwidth or capacity normally to have somebody high level in terms of create uh, the creative department. But now you have somebody who can consult with them and, and show them like here's how 
here's how you did it. Like whenever we were at, when you when you were at Crosspoint. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm serving with a couple other really big churches right now. Uh, Elevation Saddleback, and and kind of helping navigate some of that world too. So they're getting the best of all the worlds when a church brings us in. And then, you know, my, the part, my partner, Jenny Catcher, she, she served at Menlo Park, which is John Orford's church. Yep. Um, she also, she and I served together at Crosspoint. So like we've done everything from church plants to the biggest churches in the country. And that perspective helps churches. Um, we, we, we are not trying to make everybody into Crosspoint. Sure. What we're trying to do is identify who they are and where God has them, and then how do they best steward the gifts and the calling that they have to get where God wants them to go? What have, you know, you talked about um, people being kind of your, uh, where you use your creative energy and stuff right now. What have you learned about helping people become more creative? So I do a lot of that through my coaching group. Uh, we just launched our, uh, the, our latest coaching group. We have 20 people in it this time around, the most we've ever had. We sold out in before registration closed, which was awesome. Um, we'll launch the next one in January. And um, that's where I get to help creative people with like the, the guts of creativity. But also, uh, this is a fun thing, Creative Church and I partnered together and we're starting a, um, a Creative Church IGTV program. It launches next Wednesday, which I guess would be like the August something, 8th maybe. Um, and uh, every Wednesday we're going to release a new episode answering three questions that, that creative leaders have, whether it's about church creativity, whether it's about um, creative exercises, leadership, ministry, or basketball. And it's called three-point play. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mike was to help you not foul out. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's going to be fun. So we just we just put the first episode in the can, and it's ready to launch on Wednesday. So are you guys doing highly produced stuff, or is this is this pretty raw and uncut? Straight up, Steve Brewster produced programming, which means it's not very good. <laughs> It's it's like you can you you're you're like fix, figuring out what you're gonna say as the shot comes up. I will be honest with you guys because by the time this comes out, I suspect the first episode will have already aired. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never produced, I had never edited a full video before in my life until episode one. There you go. <laughs> and then you used YouTube. I actually paid a guy to create me a template. This is amazing. I dropped my clips in. I filmed it myself, dropped my clips in. Next time I'm going to use a microphone. It's going to get crazy, boys. I'm telling you, get ready. This is going to be awesome. Uh, okay, so what what is currently inspiring you right now whenever it comes to creativity, leadership, faith, stuff like that? Yeah, well, faith. I mean, launching your own business. There's nothing more faith driving that. And it's funny, I was walking through the airport last night and just praying like, I know what's I know what the next six months look like. After that, I have no clue. And I'm like, you know what? Six months ago, I didn't know what this looked like. And I'm I my I'm on the biggest faith journey that I've ever been on, and it's ridiculously fun uh, and super scary. Um, so that's inspiring me. Uh, and then you know I'm back home, and so 
I got to come home and like I get to see like Nashville, Tennessee inspires me, man. This is an amazing city. Listen, the more that we hear about this city, like we gotta get down. We need to get to Atlanta. We need to get to Nashville. Like, well, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit biased right now. Atlanta's cool and I love it, and I got a lot of friends that live there. But Atlanta dreams of being Nashville. Okay, like <laughs> you guys Nash- have the coffee shop scene. Oh, we like the coffee have- shop scene kills down there. Coffee shop scene kills, the music scene kills, the food kills. Like, we have the best restaurants. Um, and, and what I love about Nashville that is different than Atlanta or Charlotte or Miami or Austin or – well, there's two things. So, one, Nashville is a destination city. Mm-hmm. So, people come here to chase their dream, and I love that. And, like, nobody goes to Daytona Beach. Like, nobody's in, nobody's in Wisconsin right now, like – Man, if I can just make it to Daytona, all my dreams are going to come true. No, not happening. But New York, L.A., Nashville, maybe Austin, um, that's their destination cities where people come to chase their dreams. So this city's full of that creative dreamer energy, which is awesome. And then on top of that, um, we're a small town that thinks it's a big city. Mm. And so, like, I see the same people all the time. and. I can get around, like, traffic's getting worse, but I think, I just heard on the radio last week, our growth has has slowed down to 97 people a day moving to Nashville from its peak of, like, 113. Whoa. Yeah, so all of that energy's coming from all over the country to Nashville, and there's just nothing like it, man. And it, it's just awesome. I I will die rocking in a rocking chair in this city. So I just a friend just put on their stories the other day. They're down. They're down uh, visiting in not in Knoxville, and then there's also they they kind of they pass through Nashville and they stopped at a coffee shop that has hammocks outside instead of tables. Yeah, it. I lost my mind. I literally lost my mind. Look, I can tell you're a coffee snob. All right. So how can you tell you, that? You need to bring your coffee snob snob stuff down here, and we can do a coffee crawl. All I'll right. We'll go hit all the dope coffee shops, and by the end, then you can rank them, and you can do a whole podcast on coffee in Nashville. <laughs> we'll have you host that day. We'll have you host. We'll be like, just I'm tell in. Us. Just tell us I'm what the thing is. <laughs> yes, I actually am, though. So, okay, question. What is the, what's the coolest thing that, that you've worked on in the last year, and, and what did you learn from it? So. I'm probably biased on that one too. Today is the day that um, at Elevation we released our first single off the next record, which is Won't Stop Now. Um, Song's amazing. Uh, The team's amazing. And I had so much fun getting to serve with that team. I've been friends with with Chris and Wade for, I, I mean, 10 years probably. And to get to be, to serve with them and on their team and, and help them uh, get this song and this music out to the masses and just bring some strategy around some of that stuff. It's, it's so much fun. And the, the team is so creative. They're so humble. They're so focused and I love it. So that's by far the thing that has been the most fun for me. I mean, and then launching my own business. That's pretty fun too. Like I get to be my own boss and so far I haven't missed any bills. So what have you been learning? What have you been learning coming out of just this, the, the release and then this whole album being created? What's, what's been something that you've been learning? Maybe one or two things. 
Yeah. So, um, and I, I knew this, but because I hadn't been using this muscle for a while, I think it was a refresh. You can never take anything for granted. Okay. So you've got to check and double check and triple check and ask the question and never not ask the question, never make any assumptions. Like you have got to, if somebody says, I'm going to do this, your follow-up should be, when are you doing it? And when will you report back about that? Um, because when you're moving a P like when you're moving at this pace, and, and I think this is true for local churches, like how many times does our local church team sit in an office and we, we come up with a plan, yeah. but we put, we don't put names and deadlines to the plan. And then we wonder why the plan didn't work or the idea didn't execute well. Or why it was well, six months late. Or why it was late. It's, it's accountability. We have to hold each other accountable and healthy accountability is an amazing thing. And so that's definitely one thing for sure. Um, I think that's the number one thing. And the, another thing is I'm working with another client right now. Um, and, and every time he and I talk, it just blows my mind. Like he'll start talking and I'll be like, I, why have I never thought of that before? And uh, just it's fun to watch the way God's wired us all differently, but how he uses us together to accomplish the goals. For, from that client that you're talking about, what's something that's been rocking your world that he's said recently? September is the new January. Mm. So everybody waits till January to launch their new year's resolution, their new initiative, their new body type, their new whatever. He's like, why can't September be the, be January? And so we're actually going to release a campaign in September called September's the new January. And, um, and we're going to, re we're releasing like a calendar that, um, that helps you like it's a huge wall calendar that it's whiteboard. So you can like write your goals and, and help you get to that place, which is super cool. So yeah, September's the new January blew my mind. What's the difference for you just now with, with the business? And I asked a, a kind of something similar earlier, but I just wanted to drill down on what's the difference for you now in the season as a working in a business and things between being in a church and leading a team and now you're kind of the team in a lot of ways. Well, that, for me, for me, being a 3-4 on the Enneagram, I miss having a team. And so I love having a team. Like, I love being around the team. So yesterday I got to sit with one of the teams that I serve with. And I, was, I literally had the moment of, this is my new team. Like, I get to serve with these people. This is awesome. And so... Um, it can get lonely in the office by yourself. And so you've got to be intentional to keep yourself around people that fire you up. And I think the other thing is when I was leading teams, I was always looking for that next leadership nugget to be able to take and execute through my team. And when you're by yourself, it's not that pressure isn't there. So I've noticed myself like having to be more intentional about my personal leadership development so that I don't get stale. So what, what does that look for you look like for you right now with your own personal leadership development and stuff like that? Because you said that, you know, that's a lot easier whenever you have a team. What does that look like whenever it's just you? Um, yeah, so lots of podcasts, lots of, uh, lots of um, book reading. Well, book listening. I'm not a good reader, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. But uh, 
but I can, I like to listen to books. So I'm listening to a ton of books right now. And, and then just being super intentional to, to put, put myself into conversations about leadership or, or learn things from, from other, you know, my friend John talks all the time about, um, steal somebody else's diploma. Like, the world is so connected now. You don't have to like go learn all the lessons on your own. You can steal somebody else's lessons from them because they're giving them away for free every day. Yeah. So go, go listen to Oprah. There's not a better leader than Oprah. You know, um, go, go Craig Rochelle. What a phenomenal podcast that guy has. Yeah. Whoa. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, that kind of stuff. What are some of the books that you've been listening to that have been rocking your world lately? So I'm, I'm almost done this book. Uh, called, um, um, I forgot to take my ADD medicine this morning, can you tell? <laughs> the Power of Moments. Oh, uh, yeah. Dan Heath, man, that book was awesome. Uh, another book uh, was called Make Your Bed by William uh, McRaven. Yep. He was Navy SEAL, like, crushed his legs and fell out of an airplane. Anytime you do anything like that, I give you props. Um, so this is an old book. This is an old book, but I don't hear anybody talking about it, and, I, and it blew my mind. It's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. This is, like, from the 70s, and, like, these principles are bonkers. What's it about? Uh, so it's about these four agreements, right, that we all have four agreements that, that we have to, to live by. And in life, so often, most of our life, we end up filling it with other people's stuff, right? Like we let other people's stuff kind of get in our way. And so I will, I will read you the four agreements, but we have to like be intentional that we're not going to allow ourselves to be, um, to be trapped by the, the agreements of other people. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm totally butchering this, but I'm pulling up the list while I'm doing it. So, the four agreements, and they're really, really simple. So when I read them to you, you're going to be like, dude, that is like Deville. And, I'm, and, and it is, but when you, when you start to implement them into your life, it changes everything. So the first one is be impeccable with your word. Um, speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. I mean, those four things around that first agreement, that alone could shut you down for about a year. Right. And, and whenever I hear you say those, it, it's all centers around integrity. Integrity. Exactly. Integrity. Number two, yeah. number two, don't take anything personal. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a, is a projection of their own reality and their own dream. When you're immune to the opinion, to the, um, Options and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. So, like, no matter what you do, if I've made the agreement that I'm not taking it personally, now, if if I'm if I'm if I'm impeccable with my word, then if I don't meet up to the expectation, that's my fault. But if you if I don't meet up to your expectation because of is your expectation, and we never made an agreement about that, I should never take that personally. Uh, the third one, don't make assumptions. Um, find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama, which we could all use a drama withdrawal in our life. Um, 
And then with just this one agreement, you can transform your entire life. Like no more drama, no more sadness, no more misunderstandings, because I'm going to have the conversation with you and then find the courage to ask the questions and express what you need. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth one, uh, always do your best. Your best is going to change at the moment. It will be different when you're healthy as opposed to when you're not. And under any circumstance, do your best. And you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. The only one I struggle with is regret because I actually think regret's a good thing. Like, I think if if people are like, I'm going to live a life with no regrets. I got no regrets. YOLO, let's do it. And I'm like, eh, I'm all for living life to the fullest. But if you don't regret some things, you probably didn't make take some chances and fail. Mm. So that went way off your question. Sorry, no, but no, that's good. So speaking speaking of uh, failure, I'm just curious what you know. One of the things that I think, especially whenever it comes to creative work, most people are like it has to be a success. But I was just I was listening to a podcast this morning. And they were talking about how once you reach a certain age, you learn a lot more from failure than success. And so I'm just curious for you, what have you learned in and through failure that you couldn't have learned through success or in success? Yeah, I mean, that that list is longer than you have podcast episodes (laughs) to to fill. I mean, honestly, I I love success because I'm a three, so I want to win, right? I'm with with you. (laughs) You feel me, right? Oh, yeah. but the truth is you don't learn a lot when you succeed. When you succeed, you've stewarded well, but you're not learning much. But when you fail, that's when you get the magic, man. That's, if you're self-aware and you fail, then you can, you can turn the, that failure into your greatest victories. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, one, I mean, the easiest one to go to is this one year I created um, the, the worst Easter service ever. It was my first year at Crosspoint. And I created the best Good Friday service and then did it on Easter Sunday. And so Easter Sunday is supposed to be like, joy is happy. We're celebrating the resurrection of our Christ. And I made it all about death. And (laughs) I was like, I'm going to get fired. I ruined Easter. Like no one else in history. I mean, Jesus overcame death and I couldn't even tell the story right. And, uh, (laughs) And so, you know, I learned a ton from that. Um, I mean, I don't, there's, I have tons of failures. You know, transition, through transitions, honestly, I I left Crosspoint. I was extremely unhealthy because of some of the situation that I had walked through. And I crashed into Florida and I tried to apply all the lessons I learned at Crosspoint to this church in Florida. And I wasn't healthy enough to do it well. And I hadn't taken enough time to identify what they really needed. And so the combination of the two, that was a huge lesson for me. A huge lesson. Uh, and then in, in the last season of life, I, I think I've learned a lesson about um, boundaries. And that you have to set really healthy boundaries around yourself. And if other people impose on those boundaries, even if they're your boss and they impose on those boundaries, it's not your fault and it's not your responsibility. Even if it ends up costing you your job, you have a responsibility to the, to the convictions of your heart and and your life. And if your boundaries aren't, if you don't set clear boundaries, someone else will set them for you. So I don't know. 
Oh, I guess those all came out of failure. No, yeah. no, that, that's good. Um, as a people pleaser, as a people pleaser, I've tried to please everyone in my life except for the people that matter most. That's tough. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm horrible with being a people pleaser, and and the, what I've been learning for me is very, very similar. Um, yeah, covering people. Because I go home, because I go home, and that's where then I vent. That's where I recover. Um, from doing that, and then they take everything. Like they're or, the ones that, or you sacrifice them to please somebody else, right? Yeah, they, the other person doesn't even matter to you. So I'm gonna get you these four agreements, and you're gonna have to tattoo them. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of needles. Uh, you'll get over it. Look, you'll get over it. You'll you'll get over it. You guys couldn't see what just happened, but he just held his arm up to the camera and showed us showed us his tattoo. Um, so so one getting back to the creative thing, if you if you're giving advice to somebody about wanting to be a, a creative leader, so this is a person yep. who is leading leading a team of of other creatives. What's a couple of things that you would tell that person, maybe to think about going into it, and then what are a couple of things that you would tell them? not to do okay so first off wait repeat that question for me one time i want to make sure i got it right so you have a so you have a person they're 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 get coming in they're they're coming into being a new creative team leader so they're yep. leading other creatives what's a couple yep. of things that you would suggest that they do what's a couple things that you would suggest that they not do okay good all right so first off remember that the best thing you can do in leading creatives is set clear expectations and make sure they know that they're they're protected and valued. When they're protected and valued, they'll create better stuff. When you set clear expectations, you're identifying the target that they need to hit. So that would be the first thing. What not to do is don't overly manage someone until they've proven that they can't manage themselves. Mm. So let them have space to do it. Like, and this is the uh, this is the crazy thing, the awkward moment for creative leaders is you were a creative, and someone led you, and you got so upset when they didn't protect you, when they didn't set clear um, wins and, and identification of of the end result, and that frustrated the heck out of you. Then you became the leader, and you forgot to do those two things, and then worse, while you were being creative. Your boss kept micromanaging you all the time, and it blew your mind. Like it, it jacked up your creative rhythm. And then the minute you become the leader, you go, "I better be. I got to stay right on top of them. If they don't do it my way, it doesn't work." And the whole time, it's like, "Yo, that's exactly what got you. Your best stuff was created because you had a leader who protected you and valued you, gave you clear expectations, and then got out of your way. So do that for your people." Don't micromanage them. Give them a clear end goal and then protect them. When you say protect and value, can you explain that just a little bit more? Yep, absolutely. So protect and value is, is, is two parts. The protection part is you're going to get their back. You're going to take if, – if people don't like what they did, you take the ownership of that. If, if people love what they did, you give them all of the ownership of that. Um, if your boss – is like, I don't know about this. You're going to stand up for your employee and, and why it matters. Now, the flip side of that is you're going to hold them accountable. You're going to be involved in their life. 
and you're not going to let them skate by or make crazy stuff. Like you're going to, you're going to have to believe in it as much as they do, or they're going to have to sell you on why that you have to believe it. Make sense? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love that. Makes sense. Okay. Well, as we're getting ready to wrap up, we always have a couple of questions that we love to ask every single one of our guests. And the first one is this, what's one thing that is helping you either personally or professionally right now? There's this app. There's this app that I um, that I read every single day. It's called Letting Go, um, and it's like I think it's like a dollar ninety nine maybe. And it's just it's a recovery app. And so I love psychology. I secretly want to be a therapist. And it's the language of letting go, and it's it's just so so powerful. And so that that I would say that is huge. Explain, explain it a little bit more. Like, what does, like, what does yeah, that so be like? It's simply just a reading app. It's a, oh. it's a little devotional, and then it ends with a, a, a focus that that day you're going to focus on. So, like today's focus was owning my power to take care of myself. I will not let fears or false sense of shame and guilt stop me from taking care of myself. And so, that has been bonkers for me. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I say that's my number one right now. So that's kind of like having a little a little um, anthem or something to start your day off of like, hey, these are some truths that I'm going to speak over myself Yep, type of thing. I love that. I love Therapist. that. I do. What's advice, what advice would you give someone who is, who is really eager to learn? They're really ready to learn. It could be about creativity or anything else. What would be some advice for a, for a person who really is starting to try to learn? I would give the same advice to someone who's starting to learn and somebody who's tired of learning. You have to stay curious. Ask more questions, talk less, and go find, go find something today that you didn't know. Whether you find it to read an article or listen to a podcast or sign up for a coaching group, go find something that's going to pour into your life things that you don't know. Love it. Love it. What? If, if you could have everybody in the world learn one thing, and this could be leadership, this could be about faith, this could be about the proper way to roast marshmallows, what would that one thing be? Uh, but by the way, everybody needs to know how to properly roast marshmallows. I'm going to need the lesson on that. Because I think that marshmallows, it has, you have different levels of, of love of the marshmallow. Like, there's yeah. people that love the really like burnt charcoal y ones. That's a wasted marshmallow. That's a wasted marshmallow. Thank you. You do not mar if you do not toast the marshmallow. I'm from Tennessee. We do a lot of fire pits around here. If you do not toast the marshmallow fully brown all the way around, and you can pull the shell no, off and no. then do it again, you no. have not roasted the marshmallow properly. <laughs> or if it's undercooked and it looks like you were scared, then, then just a marshmallow. You didn't commit. <laughs> well, what you did is you didn't commit. You That's got scared. Happened. I need you to stop being scared and, mo- and roast the freaking marshmallow, man. Let's go. No, so I would say I would say um, it, it, it's it's three things rolled into one. Um, God's not surprised. Grace always wins, and music st- never stops being powerful. Then finally, what are you learning right now? What am I not learning right now? Uh, faith. I'm learning like faith, like I've never learned it before. Like I, I feel like 
every day is a new adventure for me. And that sounds like super sexy and dreamy and like, oh my gosh, look at me. I'm living this crazy, awesome life. And it's like, no, it's like, I got four kids and a wife and I have to provide for them. And if we, if we don't, then we are in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people can identify with that. They're pro- maybe they're not in the exact same situation as you are, but I just I just hear a ton of stories. So what what would you say to the person who, you know, they just need encouragement right now? What w- what would you say to them? Um. Well, I would say don't don't give up. Keep striving. Keep pushing. Keep keep working super super hard. Like um, today. This, I guess, this, I guess, I would sum it up this way, and this is something that I feel like has been a revelation for my life. God's responsible for tomorrow. I'm responsible for today. And so, when God's responsible for tomorrow, He positions me in today to steward what He was responsible for yesterday. And so, as I'm learning that, my job is to dominate every single day the things that He's left for me to do. And so no matter where you are, if you're depressed, if you're sad, if you're frustrated, if you're excited and happy and joyous, steward today as well as you can and let God focus on tomorrow. Well, Brewster, thanks so much for being on the Learner's Corner today. If people want to continue to learn from you, maybe even sign up um, to be a part of some of your coaching and stuff, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, You can go to stephenbrewster.me. That's my blog. All of our contact stuff is there. Or you can follow me on Instagram, B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Guys, thank you. Thanks for having me. I got to be a second-time attendee. What? Wow. Todd, that was a great conversation. Brewster, giving us a lot of insight. What's a couple of things that you learned? So as as we were just kind of listening to him, um, one of the things he was talking about is books that are older. Um, and, and I think for, for a lot of folks, you know, we think the only thing that's relevant is what's new. That's just not true. Um, by the way, if you're a Christian, you know, the Bible is really, really old. And so the, just that in itself is proof that that's not always an accurate statement. But he's talking about some books that are older. Uh, love those books. But one of the things that I, I think I got out of that conversation, um, just talking with him, is the importance of never, never ceasing to continue to improve. Um, he's kind of entered into the season right now where things are a little bit more fluid for him. He's not, he's working for himself. I mean, he started a business and yet, you know, when he could be going crazy, which not saying that he's not working hard, but when he could be doing that, he's still paying attention to his own development. He's still getting better. He's still practicing. He's learning. He's talking to people. He's having conversations. I think that was one of the big things I got is that we've never made it. We've never made it to a spot where, hey, I'm running my own business and now I don't have to learn. Now I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've, we've never made it. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about how, you know, if the moment that you begin to believe that you're better than learning is the moment when, when you die. And Gary also has some colorful language he throws in there, which I will not use. But I think that statement's true. And I think that we see that lived out with Brewster and um, a lot of his coaching stuff I know because I've listen to some of his his different Facebook and Instagram live stuff that he does it centers around 
um, you know, while we're leading, are we leading in all areas? Are we leading people and showing them what it means to continue to improve, to never settle? So that was one of the big things I think I got from that conversation. And if you enjoyed this conversation with Brewster, um, we also talked with him last year. And so we'll link to that episode yep. in the show notes. You could check that out. There's a lot of great takeaways in that as well. Hey, Caleb, who's next week? Next week. Who's next week, Caleb? Next week is episode 100. And what is ne- what, episode 100? So that means we've been doing this for a while. We have been doing it for a while. Oh. So, Caleb, who would be an appropriate person to bring on? I don't know. Who should I don't, we bring on? I, you know, so Caleb and I have, have tossed this around for, for a while. And for those of you who know... You know, Caleb and I personally, you might know this. Caleb's a PK, which means he grew up with a dad who's a pastor. And Dwight Mason is his dad, and he, he's been in charge of the church that Caleb and I both grew up in. Obviously, Caleb grew up in the church because, you know, he had to. I did it by choice. And we have been putting off for a long time having Dwight come off. Not because we don't like Dwight, but because we felt like it was necessary to not just throw Dwight in every other episode because he's Caleb's dad. But Dwight is a leader that I've looked up to for many, many years. Um, I've been able to sit under him as a pastor and learn, but also began to see what leadership looks like whenever I intern for New Point and being able to watch him and develop um, through, through, through watching him. Caleb has other developments because, you know, whenever he was a kid, you know, like Dwight would buy his clothes and stuff. Yeah. Like I physically looked up to him for most of my life. Like physically actually did. So this is going to be a great conversation. I'm probably going to run most of it because Caleb's going to try to get emotional. That's a joke. And um, so it's going to be a great conversation. We're going to be having a party all next week just because it's a big number. You know, episode 100. We've been doing it now for two years. And uh, super, super fun. Yep. And just to give you a little bit of context, um, you know, my dad is the lead pastor of New Point, um, which is a multi-site church. New Point Community Church, for those of you. We have five campuses in Northeast Ohio. Um, We'll have six next year. And so we're going to talk with him a lot about leadership and life and what's led to just his longevity, what's led to his longevity as well. So it's an episode that you won't want to miss. You're not going to want to miss it. So the best way to make sure you don't miss that episode, and as Todd alluded to earlier, we're going to have some special bonuses next week with episode 100 coming out. The best way to make sure that you don't miss any of those things, how, Todd? Follow us on social media, but also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever player that you use. We're also on TuneIn, Stitcher, um, Google Play, all the places Go there, subscribe so that you don't miss the episode. Then go check us out on Instagram. Go check us out on Twitter. And check out our Facebook page. Drop a comment, like, share, all the things. Favorite. Do it. Yep. Leave us a rating. Write a review of the podcast. Let us know what you're learning about. Let us know what you do. I don't know what What, that was. You lose. I don't know. You lose. We're going to leave that in there. Um, (laughs) Let us know what you're learning about. And... Also, don't forget that we're going to be traveling over the next few weeks. And so if you're in any of those locations, let us know. We would love to meet up with you and maybe grab coffee. Or Lancaster, like PA, that. Atlanta, as and well as Akron, Ohio. Exactly. So boom. Until next time. My name is Kayla Mason. My name may or may not be Todd Ixenball. And keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all. <laughs>